Man, I just want to thank the band um, so much for that moment. I feel like, um, I don't know, life is busy. And so that moment for me, I don't know about you, uh, is just really, really special. Uh, and so, I don't know, do you guys know, do you guys know like what the Bible says about <laughs> those moments of singing? I know that for some of us, like singing in a corporate setting is kind of like weird and it kind of puts you uh, feeling awkward and some of you would like never sing in front of other people. Um, but when we sing together, uh, the Bible says that uh, God inhabits that praise, that God is literally like there in the middle of it. And um, in this moment, I want us to be sure that when we walk in this room that, man, we have a ton of fun, but also like this is a special moment for us to maybe put away all the distractions. Like I've heard so many stories about what's happening in school, what's happening in homes, what's happening in neighborhoods, and what's happening on sports teams. And I know that um, so many of you with um, tests are ready, are like stressed out, and uh, I want this to be a place specifically where we get this break in the middle of the week um, to have fun, to see each other, just to kind of take a break from it all. But I also want to challenge you guys to kind of take one step uh, toward God in this, in this journey. Um, and, and, I, and I want you to know that these moments can be a, 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 like a landmark. When you think about all the stories in the Bible where these big special characters that we talk about in church all the time have these moments with God, and they have those moments. And I think sometimes we get the idea that we're not allowed to have those moments because Moses got to go up on the mountain and he got to have the, like the Ten Commandments situation. And Elijah got to call fire down from heaven and, and destroy these, these, these false idols. And, and, and Peter got to like preach this sermon at Pentecost that, that thousands of people got saved. And, and they got to be a part of these miracles where, where Jesus, you know, multiplied fish and loaves. They got to see that stuff. But my guess is you are here and you're like, I don't know. Like, I don't really get it. I don't really feel it. And, and my challenge to you is, since the first week of Fuse, I want you to, like, just take an experiment. Take a challenge. Because I, I can tell you that what we read in scriptures is not, here's, here's a lineup of all-stars that get to do all this crazy, interesting stuff. In fact, they're all a bunch of jacked-up people that happened to get to experience God in a special way. But they weren't special. They weren't all-stars. They weren't the valedictorian, right? They weren't, there was nothing special about them. In fact, the book of, in the book of Acts, there's this moment where they're talking about them. They said, the people recognized that these were, these were common, uneducated men. And these were, the, these were the guys that got to like start the church. Got to start the church for the very first time in history. And it was common, uneducated men. And you may feel like this is just kind of another thing. Here's what, here's what I feel about church what I think this can be. I think this can be a place where you experience God, maybe for the first time. Some of you would say you're Christian. Some of you would say you're not. Some of you will discover later, listen to me, some of you will discover later that you thought you were a Christian, but you actually weren't because you kind of were led to kind of believe that if you prayed a prayer that like everything was good and you were just gonna go to heaven. I wanna tell you, like I believe this is a place where if you'll commit to coming to, to just listen and maybe take a step uh, of just like, yeah, I'm going to be a part of, of singing. You know what happens in my heart when I sing? Like, I am not a sing in front of people kind of person. I would never be caught dead up here singing on the worship team. I mean, if God called me to do it, I guess I would. But like, I don't think he's calling me to do it. And, um, uh, but when I am just out there singing, it like, 
opens up my heart again. And it, like I'm, we're singing these lyrics like, worthy, worthy are you. And it's, it's a reminder because I'm going to tell you, like my whole life is focused on me. My whole life is focused on me. And it's just like a reminder, okay, this life is not about me. I did not create this world. <laughs> I am I'm going to die one day. And, and, and my life is not permanent. I'm not going to be around forever. So, so what I do matters here in this moment. What I do matters. And I don't think I got that until I was 16. And some of you in here are around that age. Some of you are younger. And some of you don't have to wait. I mean, gosh, I, I'll just, Mackenzie, if I can just pick on you. Did not tell you I was going to do this, but I feel like you have a good enough relationship. Um, she was just kind of sharing what's going on uh, in her life with us the other night over for dinner. And, um, and I, heard, I heard you say something, um, and, and Pastor Malcolm even echoed it. Um, you said, I wish someone would have told me that you don't have to be an adult to go be like a missionary, right, right where you are, to go make a difference right where you are. Because there was, there, I guess that must have been in your brain. You know, the, the people up here are the ones who do the work. Like, oh my gosh, please don't, please don't mistake. It, this, this is nothing. This stage is not the work of the gospel. Right? What you do as you, as you plow through this life, trying to figure out what God wants for you, and if you pay attention to what's happening here in the scriptures, and if you just open up your heart, I guarantee you, God's going to do something special. Here's the reason I say all that. Last week, um, I, felt, I felt like a, a, like a pull from God to just kind of switch up the plan. Because we had this conversation last week. Uh, Eli killed it last week, uh, by the way. So props to, to Eli. Yeah. Thank you for serving. He did such a good job, and he answered. He didn't answer. We can stop clapping. Um, I know we think it's funny. It's not. Um, did a good job, uh, not answering, but addressing this conversation of where do I belong. And I, I just, I felt like God was saying, stay there for just a minute. Talk about, specifically, friendships. Talk about friendships for a little bit longer. So we're talking about the big questions. We talked in week one, like, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Week two, we talked about who am I? And we kind of said, we're going to be answering this question in some form for like the, the year. Who am I? Because I think people have questions and people definitely have probably mistaken ideas about who they are. Um, that's no shade on you. We're all kind of that way. We're all kind of figuring out what our purpose is here on earth. Last week, we talked about where do I belong, and I, I just felt like God was saying, talk about friendships, because that super, super matters. I, I, did, I was reading some of the research. Um, y'all are known as Gen, Generation Z. Do you know that? Gen Z. And, um, and the stats are going to show that um, on, the, on the list, I'm not going to show all the stats. I'm not going to read all the stats for you. But this one that I think matters the most is uh, maybe for the first time, um, your family has less of an influence on like how you see yourselves than your friends. Like your friends are probably like way high. Like there's, there's a lot to be said. The actual, the number one thing is actually your, um, like your aspirations for your job, for your career, for your grades, all that tied all up into like one thing. That's like the number one thing across America. That may not be you, but that's like the number one thing it says like I... I'm forming my identity 
based off of like my grades, my college, and my job down the road. That's like the number one. And then not far behind it is friends. And we could talk about what, what you feel. And I, by the way, I would love to have a moment where you have kind of an open mic night one time and you just say like, yeah, I don't know that I agree with that, but here's something that does impact how I see myself. And I would also like to talk just for a second about how the church teaches things that you may disagree with. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Like this week and the coming weeks. And I want you to be able to share like, yeah, I, don't, I just don't understand. I feel like the church teaches something, but I don't agree with it because culture says this, but the church says this, and which one's right, and how do we know what's right? Specifically, in, in the terms of friendships, I think it's, uh, I think it's very interesting. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a quote that I want to share with you, and you've heard me say this before, um, that you become like the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So choose carefully. So, like, do the inventory. Do the inventory in your head. What are their grades like? What's their, like, study habits like? Because study habits turn into, like, discipline, turns into how you do relationships, turns into the rest of life, right? In some form. I'm not saying if you're a bad student now, you can't be a good student later. I was a terrible student in high school, and I got a lot better in college. Just kind of my story. But... Think about your, your five friends. Think about, think about your friends. Think about how important it is with the people that you surround yourself with. And I'm not talking about all your acquaintances. I'm talking about like the people that you would say are like your wolf pack, like your, your people, right? Your support system, your friends. And maybe you would say, I don't feel like I have a lot of friends. Maybe some of you would say, I feel like I have a lot of friends. The research would say that it is impossible to have more than like five people that you would say are like, like your real close, close people. And if you want to call one of them your best friend, like, you can't have five best friends, right? And then you can't, you can't have a ton of people, acquaintances, all be as close to you. But those five people or so, those three people, maybe that one person that gets to kind of have a special influence in your life, what are they like? What do they think is important? What kind of values do they have? Are they, have you, have you f found yourself being influenced by those um, I can tell you just my, my own experience. Um, I, uh, in fact, I'll, I'll take you down memory lane. How about that? I'll start with me. I won't ask you to do any work here. I would like to show you a picture of me and my friends in high school. Okay, so let's put that on the screen. That's me. Can you tell which one? The coolest one in the picture. I know, I know. Uh, no, seriously. Um, so that's me in the, like in the front, kind of crouched down. And I've um, gained weight since then. Um, and so uh, that's, those are me and my friends. I was talking to Eli this morning about how um, the people that you end up in friendships with, um, in large part, especially like elementary and middle school, are a function of like your parents or who you're in class with and specifically who you're sitting next to. So there's, uh, there's a guy uh, in that picture, uh, you know, his name is Chris Cruz. And you know why I'm, I'm, I'm bringing his name up? Because his last name starts with a C and my last name starts with a C. We became friends in homeroom for four years. Why? Because our last name starts with the same letter. What I'm telling you is sometimes you end up friends with people just kind of out of this funny reason that you sit next to them in class for four years. That's really, that's really the only reason, Right? 
but we, be, we became friends. And there's some other guys. Um, two of those guys went to another school in another school district, but we had mutual friends. Um, and what's funny is like, we went to like the preppy kid school. Is the word prep get used? Is that like, that's 90? Okay, all right. Um, you're looking at 90s kids right here. So I'm gonna use some 90s terminology, right? Um, they were like from the redneck school. Um, so like they would have trucks like Case and Cochran for sure. Like they were in Mooresville. They were the rednecks, you know. Um, but we, we became friends. Why? Because we had mutual friends. We hung out one night and it was like, hey, this is cool. Let's hang out. But we didn't have applications for friendships. I didn't sign up to be someone's friend, right? I didn't, I didn't inquire like my first day of my freshman year. I would have gotten beat up. That thing just flew off my head. I would have gotten beaten up, right? If I was just like, hey, I'm looking for a, a new friend. I'm in high school. I'm excited to be in high school. I would like to have a conversation with you if you'd like to be my friend. Here's some things that I like. I like baseball. I like football. I like Mexican food. Uh, can we be, can we, like, that doesn't happen, right? And you would, you would uh, walk away from that person, and rightfully so. You just kind of end up in, in friendships with people. So what's interesting, middle schoolers, if you're friends with someone, and uh, you would say, like, man, this is, my, this is my best friend. High schoolers, let me ask you a question, because large, largely the high schoolers are over here. I think we got a couple over here. High schoolers, are, do you feel like your, your relationships go deeper in high school than they did in middle school? Yeah? Like, like, for the most part, they do. Especially if you've been with them for a long time. You know, and I think that's something special about our youth ministry is that we can be a place where you can build relationships, and over time, especially as you get closer to, like, graduating, like, you got people that you've been walking with. So I wanted to show you what happens... Um, like in college, those, those, conver- those friendships go even deeper. I've got a friend that I wanted to introduce you to. Uh, his name is James. The next picture. Uh, this is me and James. Uh, that's my roommate in college. And we um, just happened to live across uh, the way, uh, the hall from each other. Um, I went to school. Some of you know my story. I went to school. I went to college eight hours, nine hours away from my family, depending on how fast I was driving. Um, and uh, I went with my best friend. And let me just go ahead and give you some, some helpful hints, especially who's, uh, any seniors in here, juniors, okay? If you go to college with your best friend, you will hate them by the end of the first semester. You will hate them. And you're like, nah, you don't know us. <laughs> it's like, I do, you're going to hate them. And so this is not the guy that I went to school with. This is the guy that I ended up moving into his room because I hated my former best friend because we lived together and we were together every day. Like we went to class together, we lived together and all that kind of stuff. So I became friends with this. This guy became like my best friend in college and our friendship went deep. And if you think, if you think we look thuggish right there, let me just show you another picture. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the puffy jacket. Uh, I don't think you guys have many of those around these days, but uh, yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to, I don't know why I was wearing a pen. Honestly, my dad probably got it at something. And he was like, you want to have, like, yeah, I'll take a hit, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, this is, uh, this is me in college. Do you have a question? I went to Liberty. Yes. Yes, yes. I went to Liberty University. Um, more questions. Yes? Virginia. Cool. Another question. That's a very long story we'll talk about later because we've moved like five times. So, all right. So I just wanted to show you like 
what, first of all, these pictures were taken. Now, we didn't have cell phones. Like, I don't have a ton of pictures. I was digging through pictures. I was looking for pictures of, like, our whole group. But we had these things called disposable cameras, and you would, like, you'd crank it. You can still buy them in, like, Walgreens and stuff, I'm sure. If you go to the CVS in Siena, I'm sure you can go buy one. Um, you wouldn't want to because you've probably got a cell phone or something like that. But, um, I, but I don't know. I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't have that on my, my radar right now. So I can tell you, here's what I learned about friendships. From middle school to high school, they go a little deeper because you're kind of walking through some deeper issues. And then in college, they go even deeper. And uh, it's important, listen to me, it's important that you surround yourself with people that have your best interest. And we're going to talk about what that looks like for the next couple weeks. But I think the best way I can describe how important it is to have good friends is to talk about uh, a movie clip where we're going to put on the screen right now. Let's go ahead and turn your attention to the screens. Hey, guys, wait up! Whoa. Cool. He called, he said it was called uh, a butt. Oh, wow, that's a pretty big butt. Oh, look at me. I'm going to go touch the butt. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? Let's see you get closer. Okay. Beat that. Come on, Nemo. How far can you go? Oh, um, my dad says it's not safe. Nemo, no! Dad? <laughs> You're about to swim into open water. No, I wasn't. It's just a good go thing I was here. Dad, if I hadn't no, shown up, sorry, I don't know. He wasn't gonna go. Yeah, he was too afraid. No, I wasn't. This does not concern you, kids. And you're lucky I don't tell your parents you were out there. You know you can't swim well. I can swim fine, Dad. Okay. No, it's not okay. You shouldn't be anywhere near here. Okay, I was right. You know what? We'll start school in a year or two. No, Dad. Just because you're scared of the ocean. Clearly, you're not ready, and you're not coming back until you are. You think you could do these things, but you just can't, Nemo. I hate you. There's nothing to see. Gather uh, over there. Excuse me, is there anything I can do? I am a scientist, sir. Uh, is there any problem? You know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt things. He, he isn't a good swimmer, and I just think it's a little too soon for him to be out here unsupervised. Well, I can assure you he's quite safe with me. Look, I'm sure he is. But you have a large class, and he can get lost, you know, from sight if you're not looking. No, I'm not saying you're not looking. Oh, my gosh! Nemo's swimming out the sea! <gasps> Nemo! What do you think you're doing? You're gonna get stuck out there and I'm gonna have to get you before another fish does. Get back here! I said get back here now! Stop! You take one more move, mister. D don't you dare! If you put one fin on that boat, are you listening to me? Don't touch the boat. Nemo! He touched the butt. You just pounded your little tail right back here, Nemo. That's right. You were in big trouble, young man. Do you hear me?
are the psychopaths that are laughing at a dad getting separated from his son over there? Goodness gracious. They're like, ha, 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 that's so funny. It's like every parent's nightmare. Um, okay, so all jokes aside, I want to point a couple things out that I think are going to hit home very closely, okay? Um, and, then, and then we're going to wrap up. But I think this might be able to frame uh, kind of our conversation around who we become friends with because this did kind of start with kind of a friendship issue but also like a parent issue. We want to talk about parents for a second. We're not just, we're not just going to talk about friends. We're going to talk about parents, okay? First of all, the social pressure. There was some social pressure to like kind of swim out into the place that he wasn't allowed. Uh, so he, there were some boundaries that had been set by his parents, right? For, for what reason? Uh, the obvious reasons, right? Like obvious reasons to keep him safe. Um, but I don't need everyone to answer this, okay? So let me just kind of set that. Um, do you follow all your parents' rules? I've had conversations with some of your parents. Like, I know the answer. Like, that's rhetorical. Um, here's the deal. And here's what, here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned. Um, parents, parents used to be uh, cool. So if your parents are not cool, congratulations. Uh, you stress them the heck out. Okay? Because there's a lot of investment. I want you to listen. Listen, because I, I want us to take this seriously. There's a lot of investment. You don't, you don't think this way because you have no reason to think this way, but all eyes on me for just a second. Like your parents or your grandparents or your family unit, whatever it looks like, I know every family's different, have poured a lot into your future. Okay? So I'm thinking about things like school violence. Let's t- talk about that for just a, a second. That has been a local issue, depending on what school district you're from or what school you go to. That has been an issue. I'm not, we're not going to talk about all the ins and outs of it. Here's what I'm saying. As a dad, I know there's like rumors and there's this and there's that. And it's not just, you know, this school or that school. Listen, I am scared for my kid's safety from time to time. Colton, you good? Are you going to talk the whole time? Thank you. I'm scared for my kid's safety. Why? Why would I be scared for my kid's safety? I mean, just, just think about it. Like, because you know the answer, right? Like, if something happened locally, I would be devastated if one of our schools had one of these issues, like, actually pop up. And so, like, yes, I super care about my kids. I care about my kids more than almost anything on the planet. Like, God comes first. I've got my wife, and then I've got my kids. Like, those are my things. And then after all of that, my responsibility with my job and my bills and life, right, my hobby, all that comes secondary. God comes first, wife comes second, kids come third. Like, those are my, those are my, that's my life. That's my life. So, of course, your parents super care. And this is not a parent talk, but I just want you to have some frame of reference for why his dad swoops in and acts that way. Now, let's get your defense for just a second, right? There's the social pressure to go out and swim into a place that was dangerous. He broke the rules and there was a good reason for the rules. But then dad shows up and what does dad do? Almost makes him swim further because what does he do? He yells at him in front of his friends. He embarrasses him. And then then Nemo kind of gets this like, 
No, I'm going to do what I want to do. And then what happens? He makes this, I know it's a kid's movie, but I'm just saying, like, I, I think it hits home. He makes a mistake to prove his parents wrong. And to kind of show off for his friends a little bit. And then what happens? He gets, ki- he gets kidnapped. I'm not saying you're going to get kidnapped if you blah, 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 blah. Here's what I am saying. There are consequences. Listen, listen. There are consequences to the actions. It all stemmed from the parents. I'm sorry, it stemmed from the friends. There was a social pressure. And the dad who comes in, like, with all the heart to protect. And then Nemo had this, like, moment. Like, am I going to, like, act big for my friends? Am I going to go do this challenge? Am I going to prove my dad that I can do whatever I want to do? Teenagers, by and large, I've been a teenager. Like, you're not, you're not, um, you're not, um, you're not floating anything biased. Like, we, I as an adult understand why you do the things you do. That's why I'm here trying to help you understand. Like, when you think about the wisdom issue of who you surround yourself with, let me tell you, I have had conversations with teenagers who said, I wish I could hit the rewind button. Because there's consequences, right? And it all stemmed from a stupid conversation at a lunch table or a dare after school or something that happened on a bus or at a game. And you're in the crowd and you're in the moment and you've got to like prove that I'm like cool or that I'm likable or that I'm a part of this group. And there's consequences, So there's like social pressure, there's parent rules, there's temptation. Don't need to say anything else about that. It's just just clear, it's there. The temptation was there. He learned the hard way. How many of you like end up learning the hard way most times? I didn't study, I got the F and I thought, oh, that's why we study. I learned the hard way. Um, And then there's consequences, I've already said that. There's consequences. I would love to talk for like a couple weeks about what it looks like. Kind of like I said, I had friends that I ended up with in a class or that I ended up in, in friend groups mixing and so we became friends. You have friends maybe because you're in here or because you're in school or you're in neighborhood groups. Your parents hang out, so you hang out. And I, if I can just help you understand that you can actually choose your friends wisely and we want to talk specifically for the next three weeks on how to do that, because it's possible. And I would also say this, just to kind of land the plane. What we hope, what I hope for this, for Fuse, this is kind of my, like, my vision for Fuse and, and for this school year, is that this can be a place where we build friendships. Like the church has built in healthy friendships. Now, the church is also full of imperfect people. I think we like, like the idea, that, well, like if I make friends at church, like nothing will go wrong. <laughs> I made friends at church and we did some bad stuff, okay, that I regret. I regret. I'm not glorifying it. I'm just saying, like, we're all imperfect. But the church has, like, built-in friendships. And if I can just have you grasp this, this could be a foundation for you to have healthy friendships that spur you on to the things that matter, not to the things that are going to give you negative consequences, And some of you have experienced those negative consequences. Some of you have experienced these negative consequences, like, yeah, yeah, I got a C on the test. It could have been an F, thankful, you know, whatever. But I'm going to get an A next time. Or sometimes it's 
I got picked up by the cops and there are like legal ramifications to what I did. Or I got kicked out of school because of that thing that I did. Or let me tell you, I lost my scholarship and now I don't know what's going to happen. I don't like, I have no clue what happens with my future. All because we did something stupid. And the church has built in community and friendship. And I want that for you. I want that for you. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about it. Eli and I'll kind of share the, the teaching duty on that. We're going to talk about how to choose wise friends. We're going to talk about how to like guard your inner circle to make sure that there's no kind of like negative influences that way. We're going to talk about how to unfriend people in real life, not on social media, okay? I'm not talking about the like the mute that person so they don't show up in my timeline. I'm talking about like, we can't be friends anymore and here's why. Does that freak you out? Yes, it freaks me out too. But you know what? It could provide a healthier future for you if you would be more selective. And at the end of the day, I want you to have a place here where this is a healthy friendship type place where when you come here, it is a break from the normal and it does push you towards Jesus. The key verse for this series, the last thing I'll say, is Proverbs 13, 20. Is that the, um, what does it say? Is it on the screen? Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise and the companion of fools will suffer harm. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, right? Or who are the five people that you spend the most time with? You'll become like them. Five years down the road, 10 years down the road, 10 years down the road, tw- you know, 20 years down the road. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And so you get to choose. I don't, I don't choose for you. You get to choose. So I think it's going to be an incredible series. And I got to be honest, I think God asked us to talk about this this like month. So that's what we're going to do. I think it's going to be a special time. I hope you come back. Let me pray for you. God, thank you uh, just for all the ways that you give us grace. I think about me. I'm looking at those pictures and I'm thinking about mistakes I made, thinking about stupid stuff we did. I'm thinking about how I was always trying to get a laugh out of people by doing stupid stuff and, and that somehow you redeemed me out of all of that and, and put me in ministry. I, I think that's nuts, but, but I'm, thank, I'm thankful for that grace and I, I'm asking you to give that kind of grace to these students. And if I can just say it this way, God, I'm, I'm asking for you to give them like, like a, a Moses on the mountain moment in these worship services. I'm asking you to give them a moment where they hear directly from you about what you want for their lives. I, I pray that they would, they would walk away from that moment, whether it's tonight or in their room or next week at Fuse or on Sunday morning, whatever, that they would be so unmistakable, God, that they would be changed forever. Lord, I pray that for our students. I pray that this would be a house of worship for students all over Fort Bend and beyond but I pray that we would have those healthy foundations of friendships right here. Lord, help us. It's your name we pray. Amen.